This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to The Blank Podcast, the podcast where we talk to well-known guests about their lives, their careers, and navigating and negotiating those difficult moments along the way. I'm Giles Pay Phillips, and with me in his newly lit den of iniquity is Jimmy Daly. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the newly lit thing over the den of iniquity thing there. Um, yes, got my new um, Hollywood-style mirror lamps. Mm. No mirror, just the lamps. Um it's working well, isn't it? Have you got a mirror as well behind then? No, because it's around my window. Ah, of course, yes. So normally during the day, like the natural light works, but obviously this is an evening record. And yes. so I'm normally sort of like shrouded in darkness on the camera, um, looking like a horror movie. So I thought I'd get some proper lights to light up my face. And actually it's doing a good job, isn't it? It looks it's. I'm, it looks I'm like daylight. It. Are they sort of daylight bulbs? Maybe. They're just from Dunelm. Other, other, <laughs> other, bold other hardware stores <laughs> yeah, available. No, um, they're just like little LED lights, but I'm very happy, my brother. You're very, um, you're well lit. Thank you're you. well lit, yeah. mate. You're well lit. Yeah. yeah. Well, if I've learned nothing from RuPaul's Drag Race, it's uh, lighting is everything. It's, so, very, it's essential when you're doing yeah. um, this kind Drag. of broadcasting <laughs> and podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> An audio podcast. And we never put the video out. It's really essential. Yeah, it is. Really but essential. it's nice for our guests to see our faces because. I, yeah. I, well, this is exactly, exactly what, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, anyway, I, how are you? I'm very well. Uh, I have been getting on with lots of projects recently. So yeah, I'm 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 good. And what about yourself? Uh, I'm okay. Oh, speaking of projects, can I do a quick shout out for a live show that mm. I'm doing in February next year? It's um, it's my the Edinburgh show that I did. That's ages yes, away. next year. I know. Um, 7th of, no, 9th of February is when I'm doing it. So it's, it basically, it's my Edinburgh show, Jim Daly, Football and Fatherhood. I'm doing it for one more time in London at Angel Comedy Club. Because um, people were asking, like, are you going to do it back in London and stuff? So I was like, yes, I'm going to put it on at, at Angel, which is an amazing comedy club. I'm really excited to be there. Um, on Thursday, the 9th of February, 
2023, my word, uh, at 6.30 p.m. Uh, tickets are eight quid and they're available at angelcomedy.co.uk. So if you heard me bang on about it in the summer, um, but you didn't get a chance to come and see it in Edinburgh or, or, or in the previous previews and stuff, then do come along. Uh, it should be fun. It's a four-star show. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to doing it again because I love doing it in Edinburgh. How many stars so, did you say? Uh, so yeah. I didn't quite catch that. Four stars. Four stars. Um, first ever solo show, four stars. Oh, that's so really sunk in, to be honest. I'm really, really so pleased about that. It's just, yeah, really Mate, cool. you can dine out on the four-star thing for years. I know. Forever. Like, technically. So, technically, because I, like, it was, like, pick of the fringe that, that gave me the four stars. And I like, they only gave out four or five stars to a few shows. They only gave them out what, for 100? about 200. 200 shows out of 5,000 at the Fringe. That's amazing. That's one of the top 200 shows at the Fringe. Yeah. I mean, that's mad. Yeah, you think about uh, yeah, it. Should, should be banging on about it every day. So. Yeah, I'm really, really happy. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you tell everyone on, you meet? Literally anybody, yeah, bus yeah. stop, like parents at uh, Soft Play. Uh, hey guys, how you doing? I've got oh. a four star show. But uh, yeah, anyway, how's your week been? I've got okay, a four star show. Is, yeah. is Jim four stars daily? Oh, it's four star Jim again. Fuck's sake. Just don't talk about comedy. Um, He's I a four-star quality friend. <laughs> four-star comedy comedian, one-star friend. <laughs> Zero oh, stars acquaintance. Zero stars father. He's talking to his kid about his four-star show. Oh, Look, man. To be fair, go to bed. I, I... I've got four stars, <laughs> goddammit. Uh, this is a two-star bedtime <laughs> at most. <laughs> oh man well i've had a long anyway so please come to my show um, i'll yeah. put it in the show notes as well um i've done a lot of parenting today actually been saturday is kind of my we're doing a saturday record mm. it's, it's kind of my day with maria she has football in the morning and then i take her to soft play and then this afternoon we went to a christmas fair so it's been it's been a long a day of parenting and miranda is still recovering from the birth of our second child so um I'm, 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 I'm basically a taxi service at the moment. I'm doing mm. a lot of ferrying around and taxiing. Um, and I've just, it's been a long day. I fell asleep on the sofa earlier watching the France World Cup game. Um, and I love, I love my Saturdays of Maria. And like football is so much fun. And, and I love the soft play we go to. I'm going to give them a shout out because um, it's called uh, Fuller Beans in Chesham. They're the nicest people. It's a really lovely soft play. It's never rammed. And it's just, I, I, I actually like going there as a parent, which mm. I know is probably quite rare. Um, but it's just a long day. <laughs> it's just a long... We talk about don't we talk about kids? Don't we? At the start of this podcast, actually, like it's just. Well, I was going to yeah, say it's a it's brilliant a segue day. into the, this. I mean, I think I can safely say that last is probably our youngest guest that we've had on the podcast. I can't think of anyone younger than her that's been on. The podcast. I was thinking right at the start, like I, I, there's been loads of guests where like we would happily have them on again for another chat, mm. but like we've been through like their life and stuff. We could have her on in a couple of years time and it would right. be a completely different episode because she's probably have done yes. 400 other things. She's done so much already at the age of 22. Yeah, we were saying off air, like what, what have we done by 22? Literally nothing. I could barely blow my own nose. <laughs> <laughs> I could get Margate to the Premier League on Championship Manager, but that's about it. That's like, well, that is impressive my... to be fair. Thank that you is, very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. Um, I know what an incredible person Larson is. Uh, so obviously this week's guest is Larson Thompson. People who don't know who Larson is, she is goodness. What she's a she's been a professional dancer. She's a yeah, model. Yeah, yeah she's, actor. She's an actor. She's now doing music. Um, yeah. So much stuff, and so talented. And what a lovely individual. Just a real joy to talk to. Great energy. Very positive and upbeat. And someone who's very in, 
I guess, in control of what they do and, and mm. is very confident about what they do and loves what they do. I think that's the main thing. They've got a passion for what they do and yeah. um, it comes across. And, yeah, she was just, honestly, it was such a joy. I'm, I'm quite, I'm beaming. From, yeah, uh, well, and she was, as you said, she was throughout the chat, which is really lovely when you chat to someone who's so positive about what they do because it, it you end up feeling the same way, yeah. which is really nice. But a very mature person for 22, done a lot, mm. like, had to grow up really quickly. A couple of, Quite shocking stories about uh, experiences in the indus- in the um, modelling industry, uh, dance industry, um, and as someone as and with the pandemic has had to grow up really quickly. Um, but it was just a, as you say, a real joy to talk to, a real sort of like beam of sunshine. I think is a good way to describe her as yeah. well. So, a brilliant guest has done so much and will do so much as well. I think someone that's very exciting oh, yeah, to kind of see where they go next. But it's doing everything with a kind of like doing everything with a kind of um, joy in her heart. I'm, I'm getting really saccharine now, but like a sort of uh, uh, with, with a joyfulness of that comes of doing stuff you love and with a kind of groundedness as well that comes with mm. sort of, which is difficult, I think, in any of those, in, God, or any of those industries. I must sort of beat beat the joy out of you a bit, but she's managed to hold on to it, which I think is pretty amazing and talks about how she did it as well. So a really interesting in episode, I think, into a cu- couple of worlds that you and I don't know anything about. Yeah, I think a lot of people will know who Larson is in a few years' time. She's going to be, um, she's doing lots of big sh- um, shows and films and stuff and um, with her music as well. So I think she's going to be a, a household name very soon and uh, everyone will be will be saying, oh, do you remember that when we yeah. interviewed yeah. Larson and uh, when she's like A-list we'll be like can you come back on the podcast yeah. please and for, no. I'm way too busy for you <laughs> schmucks now <laughs> but no I think she would be gracious enough to do that but yeah no it was, it was fantastic to talk to her so um, yeah I hope everyone else enjoys it as much as we did talking to Larson I think that's a great I know we normally do tweets at the top I think that's a really nice way to go into the episode should we do tweets at the end yeah yeah because we've really built up the episode now and people will be wanting to hear it so this is the fantastic, the lovely, the wonderful Larson Thompson on the Blank Podcast. Larson, it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. I know it's like Saturday morning and we've dragged you out of, probably out of bed to do this. So thank you so much. Um, now look, you, you do so much stuff. I, I want to talk about all the different things you do. But uh, am I right? It was your birthday recently. Yes. Oh my goodness, November nineteenth. It was my Taylor birthday. Twenty two. <laughs> I'm like, it's, <laughs> it's so weird because my mom always said like, once you hit twenty, it kind of like zooms by. And I'm like, the fact that I just hit twenty, like I feel like I just turned twenty one, had my twenty first birthday, and the fact that I'm like twenty two, I'm like, you know what? A new year. I'm excited for what's to come. I'm thankful for another year. Um, but yeah, no, I was, my brother and I took a trip. I was filming in Belgrade for three months and we were like, you know, since I'm out so far from home, 15 hour flight, I was like, I got to take advantage of that. I'm like, where could we go? And we found my work of Spain. It was like the warmest weather near where we were at. Um, we just spent like three days exploring the town. We went into just like these beautiful parts, went to the beaches, these cliffs. It was so nice. It was like so relaxing, so peaceful. Just being with my brother and us traveling together as we've gotten older is so special. And I'm thankful for that. So it was a good birthday. I'm ready for what this year has um, to offer and I'm excited for it. 
You, you don't oh. need to tell us about uh, time passing quickly because I'm 38 <laughs> and Giles is 40 something. So you don't. I, 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 don't <laughs> I just say that's, that's what I say now. I say 40 something. I don't something. even put a number on it. It's, it's, it's yeah. in the 40s somewhere. I was, it, yeah, I was yeah, born. You, yeah, you guess. Exactly. Stop. No, I'm like, age is just, hey, it's in the mind. I'm like, you could yeah. be 40, feel 20. That's the way it goes, you know? <laughs> Well, yeah. the other way around, some people are in their 20s and feel older, you know, and, and they maybe don't feel themselves until they get to their 30s totally, and 40s. We all have different totally. energies. Yeah, it's so true. So oh. you were a millennium baby then, if you were yeah. born. Okay. Born in the, two, born in the 2000s. Yeah. Wow. Because like, so old. In 1999, obviously you were, before you were born, um, it was quite a lot of panic around because they everyone thought that the world <laughs> yeah, was going to yeah. crumble around us because of the millennium bug which, yes. like as soon as soon as the the clock stroke struck midnight <laughs> on 2000 the year 2000 absolutely nothing changed yes. it was all fine yeah. <laughs> yes no that i think wasn't that in 2012 as well it was like the world's going to end and everyone's yeah. like waiting and we're just like i'm like guys come on that is not <laughs> our call all right we can't tell us when the world is going to end this is not our call <laughs> Oh, that every time that comes around, that comes around quite a lot, doesn't it? Like the Nostradamus stuff, and someone's like, "Oh no, it's actually, you know, it's next year. It's next year it's going to happen now." Next year. <laughs> yeah. And then it comes around, and yeah. sorry, no, no, I mean in five years' time. Sorry, yes. yeah, yeah, just it's stop so... telling us. Yeah, that guy has quite a lot know. of guesses. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I haven't guessed right. it. Yeah, I haven't guessed it right yet. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, d- d- have you travelled a lot in Europe? Is, is have you been to Europe a lot? I know, obviously, with your modelling and stuff. Have, have you done a lot of yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I spent a lot of time in Milan, um, a lot of time in Paris. Those are a lot where uh, modelling and fashion weeks take place. So, I've spent mm. a lot of time out there. Um, but there's so many parts I want to explore of Europe. I'm like, there are so many places I want to travel. And so now when I'm over there, I take advantage of where I'm at and I'm like, I need to go explore more parts of Italy or, um, I've always wanted to go to Venice and I'm like, I just need to go. And, you know, I wasn't a big fan of traveling, you know, like maybe four years ago, I just kind of was like, "Eh, I don't know. It's not really my thing. And now I'm just like this person where I'm like, adventure, anything spontaneous, like want to take a quick trip? Let's go. Like, I want to go see more of the world and explore. And I think that was also a perspective shift for me um, over the pandemic as well. I was always so caught up in, in work and feeling guilty for going, you know, traveling or hanging out with friends because I felt like I could always be doing something to better myself and my crafts and, and my career. And now I'm like, hey, you know what? At the end of my life, I'm going to look back on memories. I'm going to look back on trips. I'm going to look back on these adventures that I took as in my 20s. Um, so I'm just more taking that time for myself um, nowadays, which I'm thankful for. And it's been better for my mind as well. I'm like not feeling guilty all the time and just having fun. You know, life is, is really too short. So... It really I, wish, I wish I thought I had that perspective in my 20s. I don't know what I was doing <laughs> in my 20s. I was just going out with my mates and playing yeah. PlayStation. I don't think I was... <laughs> Having a perspective about the world and learning oh and growing. And that's, hey, you're way ahead of where I, we were. No. I think we all had that perspective change. And I think like just like a year of, you know, two of us just kind of sitting in, in place and really having that change of what really matters in life. And for me, you know, it's family, it's adventure, it's God, it's figuring out what I want to do and just enjoying life and not taking it for granted. And, you know... 
each year. I'm like, I'm trying to grow each year. That's what it's about. I think, I think actually, the, the pandemic's funny, isn't it? Because I think a lot, it made a lot of... I mean, because Giles and I work from home anyway, so like, I don't feel yeah. like my life changed that much. Like, no. I'm still at home and I had a young baby, yeah. and I just, I just still like, it was, it was the same, like, just more intense. But yeah. I feel like a lot, of, a lot of younger people were forced to kind of grow up. I think quite maybe quicker than maybe they would have done normally, and actually, and lost a couple of years of kind of that youthfulness and that adventure, like you say. So I wonder if actually a lot of younger people your age are now having this kind of realization yeah. and change after the pandemic. Yeah. No, I think so. It's like, even in like places in Mallorca, they were saying like, it was like the island couldn't, she was saying like the island almost couldn't handle how many people there were. Like everybody is now like taking advantage of traveling and realizing, wow, like we were, couldn't, you know, for two years in our homes. And now everyone's like, let me get out. Like I'll go anywhere. Like just, I'm going to be on a plane. People that have like, are so terrified of flying are like, I'll go now. And I'm like, wow, like, Hey, that's, I guess that's, you know, great. You know, it's like, don't hold yourself back and live in fear, but go in and see and explore. And like for my little brother, I mean, he's um, a freshman in high school, just his first year, but I, him being home for like two years, I'm like, this is very strange. And then like him socially, I think like getting back into school now has been a shift of like, oh, wow, and now I'm around people every day. Now, like, I'm in conversation with kids my age and not just my family all the time. And I, I could feel, like, I, I feel almost, I feel for those kids that are jumping into high school and all these things and having, like, that pause and now jumping back into it, and it must feel weird, you know? It's... Yeah. Yeah, I, I have a three-year-old daughter and a four-week-old son. I would also happily <gasps> travel anywhere else Four as well. Four-week-old? Yeah, oh, do, yeah do, do you really I would to do happily travel. Right now. I'll happily go anywhere else right now. Yeah, I'll oh, leave the house and go my. anywhere. That'd be great. <gasps> oh my gosh! Congratulations, though. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. We're all very happy. Just it's very intense, and we've not slept in four weeks. But apart from I, that, it's I'm going, like, going thank great. you for being here. My God, I'm like you have a four week old. I'm like over here, just like at my family's house. You know? Oh my gosh, that is. No, I said to Jim, though. like I said to Jim, oh, we'll do it on a maybe uh, uh, Saturday afternoon. He's like, oh, thank God, I can get out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> I can avoid. I can avoid bedtime. I can avoid bedtime. Exactly. I'm, I'm off the hook. I can't imagine. My mom's always like, just wait till you have kids. That's like what she says to me all the time. I've got a puppy and I'm like, didn't sleep the first like whatever, four weeks like you that I had. And I'm like, I'm exhausted. Oh my gosh, this is so much work. I don't know. I think like it's quite intense, isn't it? When they're, when you're the first, particularly the first couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's like, I don't know. I just like the whole, the picking up their, you know, business and all that. I'm like, that is the part that I'm like, please no, like just keep yourself together here. I know you don't know yet. Like, like I just can't do that. I mean, it's exactly the same with kids, to be honest, as well. Yes, if they could all just, like, potty train themselves, dogs and children, from birth, that would make life a lot easier. Right? That would be yeah. great, yeah. God. That would be, be the great. biggest gift ever. Just a little dog, just go to the toilet, get, yeah, and just, just flush it himself. Well played. Well, thank you very much. I'd have to look at that or see oh that. Oh, my God, that's great. If only life was like that. That's probably yeah. one of the reasons why I wouldn't get a dog, actually, because is having to pick up the excrement 
bit. I mean, but you've you had, know. you've got two kids. Like when, when you've been through it, when you've done it with kids, it's different with probably... a child, man. I think there's difference for the child to the dog. I, I guess know. though, it's too. It's like there's a lot of like I felt like for my my new little puppy. Like I feel like I have so much love for him that usually yeah. I would care so much, and I feel like that's how it is with children. Because I've always been like, yeah, isn't yeah. that gross? Like having to do all that. And my mom's like, when you love something so much, it's like yeah. they could do anything. They could like have a baby puke on you and you don't care. You're just so in love. Like you're just like, whatever, you know? So maybe it's just, it's that it's like, there's so much love there that you'll do anything. It's that it's really true. It's really true. And yeah. actually like when you have like, so we turned into like two old preachy old guys talking about kids. <laughs> like, when it. <laughs> typical parent, typical, like I'm typical new parent classic me. Um, but it's so true. When you had, when I had my first, my daughter, I didn't know I could. I was like really excited. And I knew I'd love her and stuff. I didn't know yeah. I could love something that much. Like I thought wow. I'd like sort of been in love before. And then like, and Charles, I'm sure you agree. Like this thing comes mm. along and you you love it more than you've loved. Well, like you, anything, like you said, yeah, and it's you've, mad. Yeah, you forgive oh. it for like pissing on you and, and, yeah. and like, <laughs> like like you. You know what I mean? Like you don't you don't get angry about it. You're like, yeah. oh, so you think I must really love this thing? <laughs> yeah. like, I'm yeah. not I'm not annoyed about that. <laughs> oh no that's really special though my gosh it's true though it's, it's almost like when you give I feel like it would be like when you have a child you kind of have to like you lose you almost have to like you put something above yourself really completely yeah. you know yeah. what I mean it's like that's I think when you have a child is like really like okay it's not about me you know it's yeah. really like yeah. now I have to provide and serve and you know it's yeah, you become you you become sort of like further down the sort of chain of command or chain of importance. Like in, yes. in, in my in my house, I've now slipped down below my, oh, my first child, relegated. second child, wife, mother-in-law, TV, <laughs> iPad, Gym. lawnmower, <laughs> me, probably me. That's probably where I am actually. To be fair, now. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, you're not below, like, no, you can't be below lawnmower. Sure. Yeah, Maybe I'm on a par. I might be on a par. I might be on a par with lawnmower. We're about as use, both as useful as each other. But, uh, oh gosh! <laughs> it's, oh, that's yeah. good. Getting kids off screens can lead to major family rows and sometimes some blank moments. Mm-hmm. We all know it needs to be managed. Everyone's seen those ads, but no one wants to be their kid's worst enemy. Now, Jim, do you ever wish that you could find something that the entire family could enjoy reading together? Um, only all the time. I mean, I mean my, my child's only three and she's already glued to her iPad, um, which makes me feel like an absolutely uh, horrendous parent. And, like... I would say as well, I completely agree. You never want to be the, the, your child's worst enemy, but sometimes you feel like you sort of have to be. So finding something sort of in between that everyone can get involved in. I mean, that's that's the dream, I think, as a parent, isn't it? That like everyone, something everyone can enjoy. But I mean, it is, it is hard finding kids' uh, gifts, especially sort of like your boy's age, sort of 8 to 12. Like it can be difficult, can't it? I mean, yeah. Where do you go from there? Well, it is tricky, and screens are so addictive. So, you know, what do you do? What can we What can we suggest to our listeners? Well, I've got actually the perfect thing. Um, Aquila, full of bright ideas for curious minds. Aquila, spelled A-Q-U-I-L-A, isn't just a fun and educational monthly magazine. It's a club for bright and inquisitive kids who love to take on new challenges. Charles, this sounds great. Oh, it's a fantastic magazine. I have to say, I've had the honour of writing for Aquila from time to time. And it, yeah, it, it's not one of those magazines that does the cheap 
plastic tat on the front. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Do you know the ones I mean? Yeah. You know, that kind of stick on promotional toys and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, that you lose after two minutes and then it's like somewhere in the living room in five pieces. Yeah, and ends up on landfill. Yeah. Instead, they're all about fascinating articles, plus genuinely challenging puzzles, craft activities, short stories written by some of the UK's leading children's authors and myself. <laughs> and the whole family can get involved with the fun. Oh, it sounds great. Yeah, Aquila, it's not available in newsagents. Uh, so to start your 12-month subscription, you go to aquila.co.uk. That's www.aquila.co.uk. And if you type in the promo code blank pod, that's all one word, you get 20% off. Uh, that's a great deal. It's an amazing deal. And do you know what's even better, Jim? Aquila is delivered in 91 countries worldwide, so you can receive your subscription wherever you're listening to this podcast. I can't wait. I can't wait to... Uh, to and as we to... know, we're big in Cuba. We are big in Cuba. Exactly. This sounds absolutely brilliant. And I love the deal as well uh, for our listeners. So subscribe today at aquila.co.uk. That's A-Q-U-I-L-A.co.uk slash blank pod. That's Aquila. .co.uk slash blank pod. But you're right, you do, you end up like you do, you realise your perception, your, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Your sort of responsibility changes, I think. Yeah, you just, yeah. Yeah, it's so true. It's, it's wonderful. I'm not painting a great picture of it, I'll be, be honest, to <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but it's great. Have not. kids, it's great fun. It's, just, it's <laughs> no, tiring I love it. and expensive. <laughs> Inexpensive, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're expensive. You don't get any sleep. Um, there they must smell. be some pros. <laughs> <laughs> they're sometimes funny. They're, they're quite funny. Yeah, like, they're quite my daughter funny, yeah. starts saying... Starts my daughter the other day. And this is the last thing we're going to say about our daughter. And I promise I'm going to move the conversation no. on to something more interesting. Um, but she, like, they pick up words and stuff. And so the other day, like, she was in her room and something went wrong. And she went to herself, not even to me. She went, oh, bother. <gasps> and it was the most grown-up thing I've ever heard. Her very say. strange But like, where well. she's got it from, because I don't say... Very British. Yeah. Very British. Very, very grown-up. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And she's three <laughs> oh my goodness it's but just, she's probably picking up on like something you or your wife said yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but you like, have to like, the thing is you, you have to turn away and like laugh laugh to yourself it, bit, you can't like <laughs> let her see you laughing yes. so you turn away and laugh and be like oh really darling yes oh okay <laughs> it's a bother it's just a real minefield <laughs> that is a bother oh yeah. my gosh that is funny oh kids <laughs> yeah they are funny well that's normally a bit where we start the podcast really we talk about um early life and and obviously you you started dancing was your big thing and then you started doing that at a really young age about you're right about four years old do you start yeah, dancing yeah 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 so I wow. um I started dancing around four years old um I was in a studio so competition dancing up until I was about 10 um and at age nine I had this like shift of like okay where do I want to take this dancing career and it was almost like do I want to take this seriously? Because that would be working in the dance industry with choreographers and with artists. Um, or is it more just something I, ha- I do for fun? And I was playing soccer as well at the time. And at 10, I was like, okay, I got to figure out what I want to do with my life, which is so weird. I'm like, at 10, I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Um, <laughs> but it really was. I think my parents, my aunt... Um, 
was an Olympic gymnast. Um, and so she started so young. And so I think my mom growing up with that was for me, it was like, okay, Larson, where do you want to take this? And I'm like, wow, okay, well let's make this decision now. Um, so 10 year old Larson was like, let's choose dance. And at 10, I was like, okay, I really want to start taking this seriously. Cause I had been told years prior, you know, Oh, so they would come in and tell my parents, we don't think Larson should be a dancer. She is too much energy. She's so ADHD. She's running all over the place. She's not taking anything seriously. And so my mom started telling me these things. I'm like, okay, I'm proving all these people wrong. So I started training more than anybody. I was in the studio, literally I would end school at three, be there till like one in the morning, come home, do homework and repeat the cycle. Um, kind of lost a social life with friends. I just was like, dance was everything. Um, and around age probably 12, um, I started working in the industry. So I was, you know, meeting the choreographers up in the studio in LA millennium dance complex. And then I went on a tour called the pulse on tour where I was able to assist all the top choreographers, um, in the industry. And I traveled all around the U S, um, training with these people and being on stage, not knowing any of the choreography and them teaching me right then and there. And I have to pick up on it and, and perform. Um, so talk about like how it's helped so much with just acting and learning lines and all of that from such a young age, having to pick up so fast. Um, and so I started working in the, in the dance industry, um, just with different artists and working in, um, you know, TV, I was able to work with, you know, Katy Perry and Pink and Sia and music videos. And, um, you know, it's really so much a part of who I am. And, and now that I'm not, you know, as focused in the dance industry, I kind of made that shift into modeling around 14 years old. I, I'm so grateful for it because how it's, you know, moved into and how I've been able to fuse it into my other art forms is truly a gift. And I'm like, wow, thank God I started with dance. It taught me so much. It's helped me so much. And I'm, and I'm so grateful for it. Um, and I'm still that type of person where like you put me in any environment and I will be dancing. Like we go to a, we go to a bar and there's music. I will be the one like busting out all my moves. And I'm like, I don't care what any- <laughs> I'm like, I don't care what anybody thinks. Like, I'm like, when that music is playing and I feel it in my heart and my soul, I'm like, I can't help but just like rock out. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of my, my greatest loves and I'm, and I'm so grateful for it for sure. Okay. So I got two questions off, off the yes. back of that. Cause like, Obviously, you right at the start, you said about like, oh, this decision between do I want to do this for love and fun or do I want to do it for career? And obviously, you chose career. Yeah. D- clearly, you still managed to somehow keep the love of doing that. So I think a lot of people that choose their their thing they love doing and turn it into a career, mm. I think maybe lose that. So firstly, how did you sort of keep the love? Yeah. And secondly, that, you, what you just talked about. It's a very intense time for mm. anyone of any age, but at 10 to 12, 4, 14, that's a lot for a kid to be, you know, I, I was playing football and trying to work out how to talk to girls. You know, yeah. th- you, were, you were forming a professional and, and, career. And you still do those things. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I've got better, I've got, actually, I've got better at neither. got better oh at neither, to be honest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah, you're so right. I think, um, at 
10, sorry, your first question, what, what were you saying? About was, keeping that, sorry, you're right. I, yes. I, this, is, this is why Giles does the questions. No. Because I just said, no, throwing, throwing. Here, have, t- have 10 keep, questions. And you, <laughs> pick one, just pick one of them and see where it goes. Um, it's about the keeping the love, keeping the love of yeah. what you do when it becomes mm. a job. Totally. And I, you know, I, I think at such a young age at 10, it was like, really, I was so in love, in love with dance. Like I didn't mind, you know, missing out on opportunities at school or, or friendships because I loved it so much. And I wanted to be great. It was like this, it's just this drive that like through the weekends, like I would still go, like it was like at the studio, I just was obsessed with it. And then when I started working in the industry, the joy of that and the blessings and opportunity of like, wow, I get to play pink in her music video. Like, this is crazy. Like, I'm just like, this is everything I've always wanted to do and entertain people is where I thrive. That's really where I'm like, my energy comes and I'm just so happy and joyful and But I think there was a period, um, really when I made that switch into modeling where I was starting to feel burnt out and that was around age 14 to 15. Um, and I kind of was like, you know, in dance, it's like, there's, you know, you can go towards choreography and becoming a choreographer, which I didn't ever have that passion for choreography, or it's like going on tour with artists and really you you know, you give your life up to go and travel for a year and then it's get picks up and then you have to be on call for if they have a performance, you have to be there. And it's, it's, I wasn't very passionate about that either. And so I was like, you know, just the emotional weight too of dance and, and, you know, it's really hard to build relationships. It's such a competitive industry just as everything else is, but in dance, it was, you know, you know, they say dance moms is kind of like, but there is a lot of that in there. It's like the parents are so um, Mm -hmm. hyper-focused on their children and, and wanting them to succeed that it just, it's, it gets everybody involved, like their daughters and the mothers. Um, And so I think that was, you know, challenging for me as well, just trying to build friendships within the dance industry. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm getting a little bit tired of this. Um, you know, how can I, I, I was doing commercials and dance at the time and being introduced into the print world and modeling. And I was like, you know, I want to give this a try. And then when I started in that, I'm like working with a bunch of 20 year olds at 14. And I'm like, these people are so mature and they're so kind to me. And there's no drama and there's no like weird tension or they're not competitive with me. And, and I really enjoy this. Um, but yeah, I think when you do start with something so young, you do easily get, you get burnt out quickly. And I think now that I'm like 22, I realize and that I haven't been so focused in dance. I'm like, wow, I love to just go to the studio and dance now. Like I'm like, it is like my, it's an outlet for me. That's it cool. really is. It's like, although I'm not doing it as in, in the professional sense anymore of, you know, on tours or that kind of stuff, I go when I'm like, that's my, when I'm feeling sad, when I feel depressed or just I'm overthinking it's like I'll go to the studio and just let loose and it's just like I'm so grateful to have that as an outlet um but yeah no I could totally it's like you do get burnt out (laughs) you do um but I think that is yeah Sorry, I was just, I was just going to say it's really interesting because like you're, you know, you're talking about doing multiple careers and sort of being someone who is able to switch from one career to another mm. and be open to that kind of thing. When, you know, when Giles and I were younger, back in the 1800s, like people just had one career. Yeah. You worked then, down the coal mines. <laughs> you worked down the coal You went to the factory and you were there for life. 
<laughs> and he made paper until the day you died. Um, but <laughs> you had people had like careers for life, and like I, yeah. I think that's with like younger generations that's changed now. And I think you have to be someone maybe that can do a bit of everything. Because I just think it's really interesting you hearing you say that because that clearly is manifesting itself in your career. And I think that's just the way people need to maybe be now. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of that was, you know, my parents. My parents were always like, if you have a passion and a, and a, and a, and a love for it, go after it. And so I was always like, well, what if I have, you know, a passion for singing, dancing, acting, modeling, do it all. I'm like, okay. And, and find a way to fuse them together and to utilize dance into modeling, into acting, into all of these things. And I think nowadays it's like, you know, people are, I think, yeah, putting limitations of like, you can only do one thing. Like you have one career path. That's a, that's a dancer. That's a model. I'm like, no, like you can, you can do anything you want. Never allow your mind or opinions of others to put limitations on what you can achieve. You know, it's, um, yeah. Yeah. That's a really powerful thing to say, actually. I think that I totally agree. I think sometimes we see people going into doing different things and we think, oh, they, they're kind of, maybe they're like muscling in on my territory or something. But like, I'm always like, it's cool if, if, if someone wants to do that thing and they're passionate about it and they, and they've got an integrity. Totally. And what's the, what's, there's no, absolutely no problem. We, we, there's room for everybody. Totally. Yeah, no, really there is, there is. I'm like, there is so much room for everyone. There's so many people in this world. We all have this similar talent. Some of us, you know, mm. <laughs> like, yeah. So just the, those, um, so he started off in dance and then he moved into modeling. They yeah. are like from the outside and obviously like this might shock you. I've yeah. never done modeling. And yeah. I know, I know, I know. Like, hold <laughs> hold your shock. But, like, um, you always hear that that is a particularly sort of tough industry mm -hmm. and people are not very nice. And you were saying earlier about sort of dance mums and stuff. Like, those are quite, you hear that those are particularly sort of cutthroat industries, talking about sort of moving in on people's mm -hmm. spaces and stuff. How did you sort of navigate, I guess, both those industries at a, at a young age? Because I can imagine they can be the sort of things that can probably grind you down quite quickly. Totally. Yeah. And I think I'm the most grateful for my parents and their wisdom and the way that they guided me from a young age. It's like my parents never let me out of their sight. And it was and not in an over in an over guarding way, but it, they let me have my freedom. But they were there when I needed them. If I needed to talk or cry or laugh or, you know, it's like my parents were always there. And I always thank them because I'm like, my parents would I'm like, I want to go take a class in Millennium. We live an hour outside of LA and you know, at 6 PM, I'll decide I want to go take this person's class. My dad's like, all right, let's get in the car. And I'm like, the amount of times my mom or dad drove me or flew with me. I'm like, I'm so, so thankful for them. And, and in modeling too, it's like starting so young at 14, my, my parents would come to shoots with me. They would make sure, you know, I'm feel safe, that I feel comfortable. I, I remember one of my first modeling gigs that was about 14 and, um, my, my dad had just left to go get lunch. And when my dad left, they said, Hey, uh, Larson, we'd love for you to now uh, do a topless shot. What? And, and I go, oh, fuck. and I'm 14 and 
I'm thankful for my parents and, and how they've raised me and, 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 and the fact that I know, tell, you know, tell them how it is. I said, sorry, no, I'm not comfortable with that. And, you know, it was immediately like, oh, okay, no, you know, no worries, no worries. We understand. And then my dad came back and like, <laughs> nobody said anything. And I told him later, like my dad was like, Hey, I'm just so proud of you that you spoke up for yourself. Like you didn't let, you know, the, the, um, the, the intimidation, you know, take over to be mm-hmm. like, you know, I'll do it just to please people. Um, and I, and my parents were really to thank for that because in dance and dealing with people or friendships or, um, these industries, it's like, you have to have tough skin. You have to know who you are. You can't just say yes to everything. Um, even if it, what gives you a, you know, a greater opportunity. No, it's like, you have to be who you are. Um, especially when it comes to like your beliefs and, and, and what you believe and, and just never losing sight of that really is what it is. And so I'm thankful for how my parents have raised me and navigated me from a young age of how to stand up for myself, to know who I am. Um, and in, in modeling as well, it's like, the, um, the comparison there is in modeling, whether it be just like with your weight or, you know, your whatever it is, you know, I'm so thankful now that the modeling industry is evolving so much that we're not defining beauty in one way. It's like, I was so insecure as a young girl with red hair and freckles and being so pale skin. Um, and coming into modeling, I'm like, it, it changed my view of beauty because they looked at me, somebody like me and they were like, that is beautiful. Where I was always like, I wanted blonde hair and blue eyes. You know, it was like, no, like <laughs> I'm like, now I, I look back and I'm thankful for modeling because I'm like, wow, these are the things that make me unique. That's what makes me beautiful. I don't want to look like everybody else. You know what I mean? And And, um, now when we see different, you know, colors and shapes and sizes, it's beautiful because there is no one version of beauty. You know what I mean? We are all beautiful in our own way. We're wonderfully and fearfully made. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think just having my parents and really, um, and being strong in who I am really was very helpful. <laughs> and I had to, I had to grow up quickly. You know, it's like to be yeah, mature, yeah. you know, you have to, Yeah. I had no time to like be a young, you know, kid who is just doesn't know what they want. It's like, I was pretty mature at a young age. And also that was being around a lot of older people in the industry um, that I was working in. So, Yeah. Because that's a really mature decision to make when they're asking you to do that topless shot. And I think a lot of kids at that age would not, I mean, literally kids, which, which is shocking, really, would not have had the confidence in themselves to make that decision. Because you're in a lot of entertainment industries or, or fashion yeah. or, or whatever. You constantly feel like you're trying to please. You constantly feel like you're trying to please people. There's, there's gatekeepers who have made decisions and you're trying to please mm-hmm. them. And then you're trying to, if, if you're doing mm-hmm. entertainment, you're trying to please yeah, the how, how will this, Yeah, how will this affect my yeah, career if I, I don't, don't say so yes? So that's a really yeah. like grown-up decision to make. Yes, 100%. Because there was a point where I was like, oh no, like are they going to dislike me for this or... 
you know, will I ever work with them again? That those thoughts went through my head. But at the end of the day, I'm like, you know, if it's, if it's not them, it's somebody else, you know, it's like, what, like whatever. It's just, it's like, so it's just one, one shoot, you know, it's like, you have to sometimes look at it like that. Like it's just one shoot. Like there's so many, so much more opportunity. Like I'm not going to lose who I am and, 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 and just, and do this to please people. when I'm like, there's somebody that will respect what I want to do at 14 years old. You know, it's like, there will be another person that will say, no, Larson, do what you feel, what makes you comfortable. And, and, and they'll honor that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's obviously you're, I know you were sort of saying at that age, like most teenagers, they were obviously insecurities, but you were obviously also comfortable in yourself and, and had that yeah. self-confidence to be able to, um, yeah, to say no when, when, when you needed to say no. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like too, it's, it's in, in, into modeling as well. There's a lot of, you know, thankfully from so when I got into modeling, I, I let them know straight away, Hey, you know, I, I don't ever tell me to lose weight. Like I immediately, it was always, I set it out straight. Like these, (laughs) this is who I am. It's like, you take me for, for what I am or you don't. And it's like my mom and dad would back me up and be there about right behind me. And I just say, you know, never tell me that I need to lose weight. I am a dancer. I, 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 when I first signed at 14, I had a dancer's body. I'm like, this is, this is me. So, (laughs) you know, this is what you get. And I'm thankful that I set those almost ground rules, not to be, you know, harsh on the people, but to just say, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not just, you know, gonna go and fall into bad habits because this is what your version of beauty is because, it's not, everybody is different. We're all made differently. It's like, you can't, we all can't look the same. Um, so yeah, I kind of set that out in modeling as well, which I'm, I'm thankful that I did. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, that's brilliant. Think, yeah, definitely. I think that's really good. Cause you do hear a lot, don't you, from the modeling industry about those kind of constraints put on people and that, that those pressures put on models. Totally. I mean, all the time. And I, and I hear just, you know, a stories when I'm on shoots with other, with other girls that are, you know, I've suffered from eating disorders and these things that are just, it's like you have your whole life ahead and it's just like doing something in the, like for a temporary circumstance because they'd say you need to lose weight and then getting in the habit of something that affects you for your whole life. It's just not worth it. You know what I mean? And, and I always say, I'm like, Hey, if it's, if it, somebody, I, I tell them like, somebody is going to love you for who you are. It's like, don't ever, don't ever beat yourself down or break yourself down in your body and your temple because of somebody else. Like it's just not worth it. And, um, and it is sad and it's really heartbreaking. And I, and that's why it's like, I use my platform with young girls that follow me. I get a lot of young girls with, you know, red hair, freckles that, you know, get made fun of or tease. And, and I always just try and encourage them. And like the fact that, Hey, it's like, you are, you are so beautiful as you are. Like just be your authentic self. You know, it's, it's, there's only one you, you know, you're one of a kind. So it's like, no, you know, just embrace, embrace that about yourself. The things you're most insecure about and embrace, like your imperfections are your perfections. 
And, and I really just try to use my platform in that way because I felt as a young girl the same way. And if I had, you know, thankfully my parents that, you know, told me, you are beautiful, Larson. And now that I could be a voice to younger girls that follow me and, and feel the way that I did, I, I, I hope that I can um, encourage them. Yeah, absolutely. That's wonderful. And, it, and it's really lovely to hear you talking so mm. um, gushingly about your parents as well, because that is that's so nice to hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, you don't always hear it from people. Uh, you know, yeah. when they talk about their. It's really lovely, though. It's really lovely, and it's great that you had that um, that their support. You know, yeah. which was, we would have been, a, you know, for a long time. Well, I w- talking to you about the dancing, it clearly yeah. is something that's so passionate to you. And I can see you, you, you kind of light up when you're talking about it. So, <laughs> as, as someone who's not an expert on dancing, and I'm, I don't know about yeah. GM, I don't know, probably watches Strictly Come Dancing or something. But Oh, yeah, Strictly's great. Tell us some of the kind of, so, tell us some of your like favourite kind of types of dancing and like music okay. that really gets you going. What, what you know, what, what are your favourite things to do within dancing? So I, um, you know, ballet is the foundation of all dance. So ballet was really my focus from a young age, ballet and tap actually. And now I'm like, I have not put a pair of tap shoes on since I was 12. Like, I'm like, why did I do that? But it was so helpful for footwork and all those things that then go into hip hop, which is one of, is my favorite style of dance. Okay. And um, that's mostly what the industry as well focuses on. Just in TV and all that stuff, it's mostly hip-hop dancing. And that is my favorite style because it's just a way to, to let loose and be goofy. And, you know, it's like... It's the most fun for me because I can just allow my my personality to shine through. And people have always said to me from such a young age, Larson, like, you're just this, like you know, sunshine little person. But then when you dance, it's like a different beast comes out. And I'm like, all right, that's like a compliment, but also like, that's a little worrisome. No? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they always say like, when you dance, it's like this other person that comes out. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's really interesting. But I, I think it's just, I, that style is so unique and there's so much, you know, you can bring into it with contemporary ballet. You, that all comes into hip hop, which is why I love it um, the most. And with different music, it's like anything from Drake or anything with a beat is where I'm like, that's where I, that's where I thrive. That's where I really shine is when anything just comes through and there's some beats that I can hit in different moments. Um, that's truly my favorite. So anything Drake, Rihanna, um, a lot of pop music is in hip hop, rap, um, which is very not my style nowadays. When I listen to um, music, I'm like, I'll listen to some country. Like, I'm just so <laughs> opposite. But then when I get in the dance studio, I'm like, all right, let's play all these rap hits. Like, let's yeah. get into it. You could do some, you, I suppose you could do some line dancing or something. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, I have done line dancing and it's okay. so fun. I'm like, I pull out a different personality for that one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, and it's funny as well with dance and, and getting into music now. It's so crazy how much Deb, my brain has been wired as a dancer because in, in dance with music and a song we'd be dancing to, I would never listen to the lyrics. So it's like at a young age, I'm dancing to some like music I look back on now and I'm like, oh, I don't know if you should <laughs> yeah. be dancing to that at 12 years old. But like in dance, it's like, we're not listening to, I'm not listening to any of those lyrics at 13 years old. I'm listening to the beats. That's what's, that's what my moves are on. Those are the counts. They're on the beats. So getting into music now, 
or just hearing like music that I, that's back in the past in my dance days, I'll be singing and I make up my own lyrics because I have no idea. I'm like, I could tell you the whole beat to the song, the lyrics. Oh, I just make up my own. So when I'm in writing rooms now, writing my own music, I'm like, okay, Larson, the beats are important, but like the <laughs> lyrics are even more important of what you want to say. <laughs> and so it's been really funny to see how my brain's wired in that way. That's really interesting. That's really cool. Also, I was, yeah. just to go back what you were saying about that different persona when you're doing yeah. that thing, um, I found some old footage of um, my old band from the from from probably around the time you were born. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I put one up on Insta on my Instagram the other day because um, I, I I had a very because I'm quite a calm, gentle kind of person in, in yeah. the real world. But when I performed like playing guitar in the band, it was like a rock band. I I am like. This like this kind of rage kind of thing yes. comes out, and like I'm really, but it's all driven by the music. It's you know, it's all, and it's kind of, do you know what? It's almost kind of out of body, kind of experience yes. I get with it, and I and I guess maybe that's similar with you with the mute with the dancing and. Yeah, just, just the, and people would say the same thing. You're not like you are in real life. Wow. Like, like when you're performing, it's totally different. Wow, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's really interesting. And I, I wonder what that is. It's almost like what you're saying. It's like the music drives you, you know, it's yeah. like, it's a rock. It's like, you kind of take that, you take that personality on. It's like, I'm not going to be like smiling. You know what I mean? It's no, like, no. I mean, I've, like, I've, I've sent you a link to the, the thing, but I'm properly going for it. I think I smashed. I'm watching it now. Oh yeah. I I'm smashed it right the, now. I'm going straight to your Instagram. Yeah, yeah, oh my God. I mean, I, I think the one bit where I smash a microphone thing over. Anyway, it's like, yeah, like it's probably like kind of, uh, yeah. But I was like that all the time. I said, and it's funny. I just think it was, yeah, it was purely driven by the emotion of the music. And I think I wonder similar with you with the dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, no, that's really, it's cool. I'm like, yeah, we got some different personas, you know, just throw yeah. us, throw some, <laughs> but, just, but, you know. Yeah, but, but I think it's that idea of that outlet. I think it yeah. is. Yeah, for music, music's always been an outlet for me, playing music, writing music. Um, it's my, I think it's my one true love if I'm like with wow. regards to creativity. Yeah. Um, because there's something about music, it changes the chemicals in your body. It's mm-hmm. like there's something just, I don't know, ethereal about it. It's just very, yeah. very, um, it's hard to describe, really. Yeah. It's hard to describe. Yeah. You know, anything that makes your, your, you know, if you think like you get those goosebumps or you get a shiver down your spine when you're hearing a piece of music, yeah. I don't think there's any other art forms that really do that. No, no, it's so interesting too, because somebody asked me, um, an interview lately, they said, if you were to create your own, this show I worked on, The Midnight Club, if you were to create your mm. own Midnight Club, what would, the t- what would the subject be? And I said, you know, if I had to create a club where we all got around and talked, I think it would be music because there's so much storytelling in music, the way it makes you feel, how you can relate to it. Everybody gets a different, everybody is touched by music in a different way. And I think that is yeah. the most beautiful thing because I was like listening to the Midnight's album by Taylor Swift and we're like, I'm with my castmates and everybody learned or felt something different from the song. And I'm like, wow, like, why are we not... I'm like, I'm going to create a club about music because there's so much to learn from it. Can I buy, can I purchase membership to this club, please? <laughs> you want uh, me to I... take, I'll reserve the first spot for you. Okay, you, you can be president. Yeah, yeah. I'll be vice chair. 
Jim, 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 Jim could be quite a few Jim, mic stands. Jim, you, you're going to smash over yeah, the mic yeah, stand. Jim, you can be financial it. secretary or something. You oh, take, <laughs> you, take, you take the notes. The worst. <laughs> you take the minutes. Secretary. Oh my god, that's good. The worst, <laughs> the worst good. financial secretary in the history of clubs. Oh my oh, gosh. That's, it's so cool because, uh, like, I've met a few people in the past who have been like, "Oh, I don't really listen to music. I don't really like oh, music." No. And I'm like. Firstly, I'm like, I don't believe that because like music is everywhere mm. and like it's you, so you, you all listen to music on TV or like or whatever and in a shop and you you do hear it and it like it bleeds into your brain and like you do kind of you don't realise it but you do. Yes. Uh, but I think you you guys are right about outlet. I think music is a great outlet. Yeah. Dance is a lovely is a great outlet for people as well. Yeah. Performing is an outlet. We all need that outlet. And as you said, Larson, like you're so true about we all have these like personalities inside of us. And I think that that's a that's a beautiful thing of life like we are different people mixed in and sometimes some come out and some people get scared i think of letting those people out and worried about who that person's going to be when they come out but actually if you can find an outlet for it it's quite a healthy way of dealing with the the people inside of you because everyone's like that 100 percent. i think too it's like when i've began when i've started to write music now i i'm a pretty open and vulnerable person but as when it comes to social media and things like that i have a hard time being very vulnerable and open because if i were to i'm very much like that in person where if i sit down with somebody i'm like let's talk deep like i'm like i don't want to get on the i'm not a surface level person i'm like let's talk about what you're struggling with i want to hear about it i'm i'm very much like that and so with social media, that's been kind of hard of how to do that because I don't want to share too much, but I also want to be my, be who I, who I am, my authentic self. So how am I, how do I balance that? And I think now that I've started in music, it's very, it's been very cool because that's become an outlet for me to really share this really deep side to myself because I'm pulling everything from my journal entries to all of my, my darkest, deepest, not darkest, just my, you know, just like my most like vulnerable thoughts and pulling that into my music to really be like, Hey, you know, maybe on social media, I'm not, you know, crying on my stories, but let me share with you this song that talks about all of my insecurities, everything I've struggled with, like Instagram can look very picture perfect. I get that, you know, but it's not, it's not true. It's not reality. You know, we all struggle and, you know, struggle with depression or anxiety or all these things off screen. And so I'm like, even when I am in a, in a pit of like sadness, I'm not posting on social media. I'm like, I can't fake a smile to people. And you know, it's at the end of the day, I'm very open. Like, Hey, we all struggle with these things. And if I can bring light to it and how I deal with it to people, then that's how I can encourage people. But it's just that finding that balance is really tough. Mm, it is. I think you're right. Yeah. I think music is, is a brilliant vehicle for emotion and yes. it's a great way of getting stuff out there. Um, totally. That's, that's fantastic. You're doing music. Tell us a bit more about that then. So when did you start? So you, you're writing, you're writing the songs, you're writing the lyrics. What's, tell us about y- it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, at goodness, I think about like when I was like 16, I was young at the time and I had been friends with these, um, music producers and they were like, Larson, we'd really love to just like, I've always been like that girl that I'm always singing in the shower, singing around the house. My mom's like, can you just like stop singing? Like you're driving me crazy. (laughs) And I'm like, no. And so I got in the studio and I started recording music and 
I was very young. Like I just sounded very young still. And so I enjoyed it. I loved being in a studio, but I listened back and I was like, ah, I don't know. And you know, when you try something new too, insecurity and all those doubts come and I was like, I don't know about music. And then fast forward now to about two years ago, um, one of my friends, Eden XO, and she's incredibly talented. She toured with Britney Spears and, you know, written for everyone. And, um, I've been very close with her for a very long time. And I came to her and said, you know, I actually am at this point where I would want to pursue music again. And, but I really want it to be from where, from my heart, I really want it to be, you know, truly my just vulnerable and real and truthful. And she was like, well, let's, let's do it. And so we started getting in the writing room and she's an incredible writer. And we work with people like Bonnie McKee and start writing music. And it's been very, very fun and very exciting. Also very nerve wracking because I am also a perfectionist and that's, you know, a blessing and a curse in my Mm -hmm. art forms because I want everything to be perfect and it's something I struggle with. And, and I'm like, no, like the rawness of it and the, the, the parts where you sound like your voice cracks, that's, what's real. That's what brings the emotion behind all these things you're talking about. And I'm really excited for it to just, like I said, just open the door to another side of myself that people can really relate to or um, um, learn about me. And so I'm, I'm excited for where it's going to go. And then to be able to bring dance into it and all those things that I love with music mm-hmm. is going to be really special. And so now I'm in that phase where I'm like, okay, where's, how are we going to release the first song? And, you know, being strategic and also just, I'm the type of person where like, I'm holding back, like, do I want to release it yet? Like, could it be better? And I'm like, okay, Larson, you just have to like, just let it out. And it's like, I'm not, I'm doing it for fun. I just really want this to impact people at the end of the day with my music. Um, so we'll see. It's exciting and it's something new, um, but it's a challenge and that's what I like. Really exciting, and I think yeah, like really cool. just being up, just writing, and you know, yes. one of my favorite things is going in a studio and recording stuff. I, I love yeah. it, and how songs evolve in that period of time when you're kind of recording stuff and working. Totally, and you forget how good sound engineers are. Like, yes, <laughs> um, totally. It's weird too because you kind of get in these these writing rooms and I I bring out my journal and I have everything written I want to talk about. But when it comes to putting it into lyrics, it's something new for me. I'm like, I've never, this is my first time writing a song, you know? So it's like, I'm learning and, and it's exciting because I have so much I want to share. And then to now like be able to put that in into lyrics and that's something i love about taylor Swift. she's like a poet the way she writes it's it's beautiful and i'm like wow there's so much now i love writing i've always loved writing from um you know from english class being a kid it's like that's where i thrive so i'm like it's been really cool now to to try something you know new and put them put it into lyrics it's it's interesting so you do you come up with the? I'm just interested. I'm always interested about writing songs yeah. and stuff. Do, do you are you coming up with melodies at, when you're writing the lyrics? How how's it work? How how's what's your process? I guess. Yes. Yeah, so it's really I we get in the room and I open my my journal. I read everything to you know the producers or the people that are partnering in on the song and and I 
really try to feel like, cause I have so much I want to say right now that I'm like, okay, what, what can you, with the people I'm in the room with, what can you relate to that we can create something beautiful out of mm. this? And so then we'll go from there where it's like, okay, I really love what you said about this. Okay. So let's get going. So then we work on the melody, um, which is also very new to me. Um, <laughs> I'm still like, I'm like practicing now too. We're all just like come up with my own melodies and, it's practice makes perfect. So it's like, although it's something new, it's like practicing is what is going to make you better. So it's, Definitely. <laughs> that's what I'm working on right now. So we'll work on the melody and then from there start writing and, and yeah, it's, then we go and we're like, all right, let's do a rough cut. And then I'm up there and I'm like, it's so funny. Cause I'll be like, it's interesting to see people have watched me record for the first time because with dance and stuff, I'll be like, by the mic, just like, like totally, and I'm <laughs> yeah. not rapping or anything. Like I'll be in like a, like it's a, like, it'll be a pop song, but I'm like dancing because I'm like, the music just overtakes me and I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> it's so funny. And so watching people is hilarious when they record with me. Cause they're like, wow, Lars, it's, you know, never recorded with somebody like you. And I'm like, Hey, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Oh, there's something really special when you when you hit on something like a, a like a good melody or like a, there's mm. a lyric that just really chimes with you. Then yeah, there's, there's something really powerful about that. I, I'm you know, there's been moments yeah when I've been in the studio or something and and we've I've written a riff or something and it's just yeah. oh my god, this is like or you add a yeah. texture of music to something. I'm I'm not talking very um, no, uh, no, I totally about what it, you, but you know what yeah. I mean. But like, yeah, it's adding like the layers to the song and stuff, and one hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's oh man. I'm, yeah, I'm it's an incredible today about music. Yes, no, it's incre- <laughs> It's an incredible feeling. It, it is. There's nothing like it. I'm like, once we hit a lyric, where I felt that too. There's a lyric that like everything I was trying to say came into like six words. What? Like that's crazy. It's really uh, like you can tell your enthusiasm talking about it. like, you, you know, you completely sort of lit up talking about it. And it's really nice to hear your kind of passion about it. But I thought the thing you said earlier about um, trying to be a perfectionist and that actually at some point you do have to kind of like let go of the thing you've made mm. or like put it out there. That's a really big moment. And I think a lot of people like struggle creatively to like finish the thing yes. like finish whatever it is you're doing like do it it's really hard and i think that stops a lot of people from maybe like following their passion sometimes so totally. what, what would your advice to be or, or how do you get over that moment where you're like i want it to be perfect yeah. but i also want it to be done yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally yeah. totally i look at it and for me it's very much i don't think any of us have, as humans are perfect and so i take that into my craft where i say it will never be perfect larson it will never be completely perfect and i actually don't really i, I always remind myself like would you really want it to be 100 percent perfect and then i look and i'm like no yeah. not really because i'm not a perfect human so there we go and for me that's really like my approach into everything now is like 
but so it comes into everything. Perfectionism, social media, like wanting my pictures to be perfect. I'm like, but you're like, no, because you're not. So like now I'm like, I don't take any time. I don't edit a single picture now. I'm like, let me just post it. Like, this is me. This is real. This is authentic. And then in music, it's like, yeah, it's like most of the time it's holding me back is those fears, those doubts of like, will people like my voice? Will people relate to this? Mm. And those are just those doubts in my head that I don't, that I choose not to listen to. It's like, okay, yeah, all these things come up in my head, but how do I put them aside to know that, you know, if this just impacts one person, then it was well worth it all. If me in the studio and this song that I'm, that I'm speaking about and what I'm trying to say touches one person's life, then I did my job. And I think it's less like worrying so much about what you can do and more how I can serve other people. And that's really how I've taken it, my approach into social media and music these days or modeling and acting, all these things. How can I touch other people's lives and not just constantly worrying and putting... Because with myself, if I'm constantly worrying about myself, everything comes of insecurities and doubts and fears and all these things. And I'm like... This is overwhelming. This makes me not want to do anything. Like, I don't want to yeah. post a social media picture because I'm so caught up with all these things in my head or I don't want to release my music because there's so much to hold me back from or finish the song because it could be better. I'm like, no, just let it out. Let it go. Be you and just <laughs> fly free. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like you just have to let go, I think, at some point. It's, and it's hard. Yeah, I think I think imperfections are kind of. Uh, I was about to say imperfections are our perfections. That that needs to be. That, yes. that it's that's nearly a quote, but it needs to be. I think it's, you guys it's not. It's not quite perfect going. enough. It's not. Yeah. like I think imper- <laughs> imperfections true. are part of us. They're part. There's of a us. beauty One, in imperfection. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, and there's there's a, there's a great there's a really good song by um, Brandy Carlisle I think it is it's called the story and like at right at the end in the final chorus her voice cracks as she's like building up to the final chorus and I that's my favorite bit of the song I love it mm. and then wow. I read somewhere that like it was like obviously something that went wrong while she was recording in the studio and stuff and they were like oh do we include it and stuff but it's the best bit of the song it's the wow. best bit because it's like a real true like real crack voice crack moment and I love that and it, it's it's an imperfection but to me it's the best bit of the song one hundred percent yeah. No, it's true. I've had those moments where I'm like, that sounded terrible. And they're like, that was the best one. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I was like on the verge of tears. And they're like, that's why exactly. I love it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah. what? Because <laughs> we can hear you. We can hear you and we can hear what yes. you're saying. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Mm. So tell us about the acting, because that's another thing you do. Because look at all these things you're doing. It's amazing. <laughs> um, yes, 100%. And it's crazy, too, to see that horror has become one of the biggest genres. And I think mm. a lot of that is because it... it it, it goes off your, our own traumas and challenges. It's like it takes, you know, feelings of fear or, you know, past problems or challenges or circumstances and all of these things, our traumas in life and fears, and then brings it into some form of entertainment. And that's why I think it's become the biggest genre is because people can relate to it in a lot of ways, in a weird way, you can relate to this spooky, scary movie, um, that deals with something you've struggled with. Like there's this movie Babadook that's insane. If you oh guys have God, seen. yeah, that's like, woo. Oh, yes. <laughs> but that movie is yeah, so yeah. crazy because the deeper meaning behind it is like, 
what at the end of the yeah. movie but like there's always like a hidden message i think within every horror movie that is really sp- special in a way it's mm-hmm. you learn you i think you learn something out of every horror movie and it's cool because i just wrapped up um a film that we were doing in belgrade it's called horoscope it comes out in the theaters in 2023 and we're out there filming that for for three months and I think it's also one of my favorite genres to work in because I think it's the most challenging as an actor. And that's just, you know, what I believe. But it's crazy because you really have to... I thrive in dramatic roles because I love love representing the, the truthfulness in that. But to play horror and put yourself in an unrealistic circumstance but make it so real is, like, the hardest challenge but also, like so thrilling because you're like trying to pretend you're seeing crazy things with just like cameramen everywhere and you know fighting your head the whole time and I think that's the the hardest challenge in acting is really fighting your mind because your mind will be like this isn't real why are you hyperventilating you know and I'm like no it is real and it's like living truthfully in, in imaginative circumstances that's really what it is and it's challenging and very awesome and I think that's what I love the most about acting that's really cool I had to do a self-tape during the week for an advert and I had to pretend I was watching a half-naked man slide down a snowy mountain <gasps> and and I had to literally just do whoa, this, whoa, whoa, go, whoa, whoa, this whoa, is, whoa. I'll show you what I have to do for myself wait a minute wait, wait, wait. what's the context for this why is this man naked it's, it's, like, it's for a uh, it's for a uh, I don't know if I can say it's for a uh, um, a crisp brand like a chips brand in the US, actually. And um, he's, like, getting rescued up the mountain and then, like, he falls... He smells the brand and then slides back down the mountain. And I always had to be, like, a dad with his kid. And we'd, like, watch him go down the mountain. And all I had to do was, like, this. And all I had to do was, like, this. Oh, my gosh. But I like it took me so many takes to do. Yes. I, I was like, where does my where's my eyeliner? Where does my eyeline go? Like, what would I look like in it? Would I be surprised? Shot? Like, it just took me so many takes to do, and totally. it was just. Totally. Oh, it I know it's just... not quite the same as like being in a horror movie. No, but, but it's, it's just, so like, true. You because... overthink it, but you yes. overthink it. 100%, 100%. And that's too where perfectionism comes in in acting. I remember from dance, everything has to be perfect. It's like a football player. Like, you know your cues, you know what you got to do. It's like, it. you almost have to strive for perfection in dance. Whereas in acting, I remember when I began self-taping, there would be a dog that would bark or something like that. And I'd, and I'd say, stop, we have to retape, we have, we have to redo it. And I do this all the time when I first started acting. Now I'm like, if my dog barks, I'll play with it. You know what I mean? Like I'll bring it if it, if I can, or I will, I'll bring it into the scene because like truly in acting, like the most imperfect moments are the best moments. Mm. (laughs) It's just, it's, yeah, but it's like you imagining that I could just imagine you like behind the blank wall (laughs) with the camera set up, just like, okay, (laughs) where am I looking? And I'm looking at just another blank wall, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, man, we could have reconstructed that if you just let me know. um, (laughs) We could have found some, like you know, I would have, I would have got method on that one for you. Uh, (laughs) I'd have got some fake snow. We could have got a real reaction. Oh my gosh, could you imagine you're over there like setting up a full setup? (laughs) Giles is going down the slide. I'm waving the crisps at him. I could just imagine like a kid's slide and me getting stuck on it. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. Like halfway down. Like they uh, wanted a real uh, reaction. I don't know if like, oh, me laughing at you would be oh, maybe it would. Maybe oh would my gosh, that's so good. Uh, <laughs> all right, Charles, next self tape. Next self tape self tape I'll uh, I'll ring you. I'm, can, I'm there, uh, man. I'm, I'm there to support you and all you're doing. So just Excellent. let me know. Um I, I haven't will... heard back yet, so <laughs> when was it in? It was in well, oh, no, it's, it's in Fingers Monday. crossed. Um <laughs> We're all going to be seeing... Well, this last one, you could be seeing Jim on TVs all across America. There could be Jim... I know. I'm going to be looking out for this <laughs> chips thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'll be like, blink and you miss it. Oh, oh I missed it. There you go. Oh, okay. um, it, Lassen, it's been so great talking to you. And I've just got sort of one final question. Cause we've spoken yeah. about all the things you do. And, you know, and, and still at such a young age, you've done so much. What? Mm. And this is probably a really unfair question. You don't have to answer it. But, but no. what's next? But we're going to try like, and encourage but you But we're going to ask anyway. Um, <laughs> what's next? Because you've done so much. Is there anything? Or are you just kind of like taking it kind of as things come? You know, I, I take it day by day. I'm, I'm grateful for every opportunity that presents itself. And, you know, just wrapping up this film that I just did is very exciting. It's with Sony Pictures and, you know, with um, Screen Gems and Aloe Entertainment. So it's it's going to be a good one, and I'm very excited for it. I got to work with, you know, it's a group of seven of us, got to work with six other other upcoming actresses, actors that are so talented. Um, so I'm very, very excited for that to come out. And, you know, I'm working, and hopefully I will. I'll have music released into this new year, which is exciting and fun. And other than that, just in modeling, I, you know, this year I get to work with, you know, brand like Carolina Herrera, and I'm heading into Fashion Week to work with brands like Ferrari. Um, and so it's wow. really exciting, and I'm just so grateful. And, um, and yeah, I guess we'll see what, what comes. You know, I always am excited each week because I feel our industry is very much up and down of like, sometimes you'll be extremely busy and then like holidays yeah. now it's like silent. And so there's no yeah. consistency sometimes in the, in our workspace, which I think is like worrisome at times, but also like the, the beauty in it that you get time mm -hmm. to just like sit back, enjoy family time and do things you love that you don't get to do when you're traveling or working on a film for three months. So I'm just right now just embracing where I'm at and being with family and, you know, getting excited for Christmas and all these types of things. So we'll see. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Honestly, it's so good to see you doing so well. And, um, yeah, it's like, it's really inspiring actually. So, you know, like we said earlier, like being, being kind of creative freelancers you know you have to kind of diversify a little bit but mm. you know the, yeah. the whole idea of just if you're if you're passionate about something just go for it like it's, exactly life, life is way too short and yeah do the things, <laughs> do, do the things you love yes 100 i think that that's our this is what this podcast is for imperfections are perfection yeah and don't <laughs> put limitations on yourself <laughs> There we yeah. go. That uh, sums it up. And yeah, if you see a that's naked, on the t-shirt. Yeah, and if you see a naked man sliding along, <laughs> by you just, just let it go. Just let it go. Oh just my embrace God. it. Don't no. embrace him, but just embrace Jim, the we're situation. Gonna be, we're going to be looking out for it. I'm going to be like at the TV commercials of the Super Bowl, come, whatever that is. All these things. Oh, yeah. Like, I'd love it. If it was like, like debuted on the Super Bowl, that would be amazing. <laughs> what? I'll see it. We'll all see it. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And who knows what the future will hold for me? Yeah, yeah. could be my big break. You'll go down break. a shocked man. Surprise man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
goodness. Oh, well, look, best of luck with everything that's yeah, coming up and all your yeah. future Thank work you and stuff. It's, uh, yeah, it's been great to talk to you. Yeah, it's been a Thank real joy. So Thank you so much. much. No, really, I had the best time. Thank you, guys. Larson Thompson on the Blank Podcast. What a fantastic guest. Really positive energy. And I'm sure our listeners like Giles and I uh, won't have failed to feel positive at the end of that as well. It's just so nice to have someone coming with that kind of energy on the podcast. Mm. Someone that's done so much, as we said, um, in some really tough industries. And I think to keep that kind of joy and that love is 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 probably quite rare, but really, really, really lovely to hear a uh, very talented individual sort of takes on every challenge with kind of, you know, just positivity and see where it goes and clearly can do all things really. So uh, looking forward to seeing what she does next. Um, when that music comes out as well, I'm sure that'd mm. be great as well. And uh, yeah, just a an in- really interesting person um, in some fascinating industries, but really appreciate her coming on and talking so openly about them and giving us a sort of, you know, a- an eye into Hollywood and LA and, you know, not, stuff that comes up on the podcast very often so uh yeah fantastic guest really appreciate her time yeah well like we said you know she's very young she's in 22 but such a smart person and really erudite and knows uh what she wants and uh how she wants to do it and like we said through positivity and and everything it, i think yeah, it was a just a really very mature for you know and, and like we said you she grew up very quickly in the industry she was doing but yeah very mature outlook on the on life and the world and and what she loves doing and um yeah i've taken so much from this actually really inspired um by the conversation yeah me too me too I'm the perfect guest yeah from the blank podcast and we come up with a phrase what was the phrase perfect imperfection is perfection is that what we said i think it keeps changing like to be honest but it was something in that ballpark nearly we nearly did it we nearly got a, yeah nearly got a phrase but yeah. we were close but um we'll yeah. we'll work on it we'll work on it and we'll put it on the t-shirts that we promised to do and never do um we, shall got, we do some yeah i've tweets? got an interesting tweet because i think a few weeks back i don't know i can't remember who what guest it was with it was, we, i tell you it was, the first one was george yes and then a nat we did it with nat as well and yeah. then because of nat's incandescent response <laughs> i was like i'm gonna stop asking people this question but anyway sorry i know where you're going sorry that was a brilliant natalie Jew who was um that was oh, great mate. yeah she was wonderful um so anyway richie p has um messaged us on twitter and he says the diehard christmas film question is going down well i don't know if he's being sarcastic i assume so yeah <laughs> maybe the question should be what is your go-to film? So what, I guess what is your go-to film? I don't know if he means at Christmas or what is your go-to film? You know, some people, I've got a friend and they don't like re-watching films again, I mean, which I think is oh. quite strange because I, I, you know, I, I regularly re-watch stuff. But um, yeah, although I would say I'm, I'm, I would never read a book twice, actually, interestingly. I don't go back to books so oh. much. But films, I, I, I'm happy to do that. So, so yeah, I guess that's what maybe Richie's asking is um, what's your go-to film? So, I mean, I guess seeing as we're sort of coming up to the Christmas period, maybe what is your Christmas go-to film? I know what mine is. 
But you, but you know what mine is too. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of defeats the object of this other question, doesn't it? Did, uh, should I go with a different one? Because I think I might have said this on the. So you're gonna, you would have said Die Hard, I assume. Obviously, yeah, yeah. I would probably go Die Hard. But I like. It's interesting your your friend that, not going back to movies because mm. I for me Die Hard's comfort watching. It's comfortable, yes. and that's why I like going back to it. And I've got a few other movies. Back to the Future is one I'll always go back to and watch it. But it's comfort. It's comfort. I think it's about not living in the past, like always moving forward. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I apt for Back to the Future. Yeah. Um, no, I tell you what, a Christmas movie came on the other day that I think I mentioned in, in the Natalie Pod, or maybe not, which is uh, Miracle on Third Miracle. Any Hallmark movie? <laughs> oh my god! I watched one last out. night. Michelle was watching which one? one. My which wife. one? It was called the California Christmas or something. It was fucking terrible. I mean, Brilliant. like those are, those are the best ones. So there was that one, and this was the sequel. So that they've made two of these these fuckers. <laughs> what? There's a there's a there's a Christmas there'll be a Christmas Prince out this year, or like there's a Christmas Prince series kind of thing, or Christmas whatever. There'll be another one of those. But this this was California Christmas. Uh, I, I couldn't quite work out what was going on because I hadn't seen the first one. This was the sequel. Yeah. Um, I think someone owned a artisan bakery, and it was her dream Classic. to like make it work. And then she she met the guy of her dreams, and he turned I think he was a bit of a douche, but then he turned out he wasn't a douche. Right. So they did, they they, they, they didn't get on, on yeah. and they did get on. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And he turned Classic. out he was all right in the end. Cool. He was he was a he he was thin and frothy, and he did give away uh, all his uh, money. But they that's what they they did. It's all about like quitting your job and like doing yeah. what you love. Actually, good theme for this episode, actually. Um, I might do on the blank Twitter a little thread of like mm. my favorite Hallmark movies, the best and worst Hallmark rate them. movies and rate them. Yeah. Anyway, the movie that I quite like, it's a remake, but have you seen the the more the more the nineties Miracle Miracle on 34th with, Street? With Sir Richard Attenborough in. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's he's really good. good. Yeah, it's a good film. Like it's just it's sweet and it's just it's it's, it's heartwarming. It's really heartwarming. Yeah, so and it's got the little nice Matilda one. girl in it, isn't it? Yes. Oh, uh, what's her name? Can't remember. But yeah, it's her. Can't remember yeah. her name. Mar- Mara, 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 something. Anyway, sorry to the Mara, actress. Mara Wilson. Mara Wilson. There we go. See, we got there in the end. Um, yes, that is a good one. That is a good one. My go-to Christmas movie is It's a Wonderful Life. I, yeah, I knew you were going to say that because it's classic. It's, such it's a classic. so good. We watch it every year when we put the tree up. Yeah. And yeah. without shadow about, there's three moments in it where I burst into tears. Yeah, yeah. Good. That's what films should make you do. Yeah. They, I'll tell you. I'm going to actually tell you with three bits as well. Go on, then. Okay. There's, the first bit is where Mr. Gower, the, 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 the drugstore owner... He's think his son's died of influenza and he's very upset and he thinks that um George Bailey, the young boy, yeah, who ends up James Stewart plays as, as an yeah. adult, he, he thinks that he's taken the wrong he hasn't delivered the pills to someone that, that and he and he starts beating him around the ear. And then George Bailey's like, no, no, I, I didn't take them because you, you've put the wrong, you've put the wrong, you've put the po- you've put poison in them by mistake because you know I know you're upset about your son, blah, blah, and he realizes, and there's this just outpouring of emotion because he realizes it's like he's basically if he'd been obviously if he he would have killed this person if George hadn't yeah. saved the day. So that bit always gets me. And then there's a bit where George Bailey's sitting with his dad and they're having a heart to heart, and he's he sends to his dad and he says. Dad, I, I want to tell you, you're, you're a pretty great guy. And that bit always gets me. And yeah, then obviously at the yeah. end, when everyone brings in the 
Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, they, <laughs> they bring in all the money to save them. The whole town rallies around. And so, yeah, yeah. I was get very emotional. It's a very emotional film. I think that's exactly what film it is. It is. And that's what film should do. I think if that's happening, then it means that it's, t- it's, it's done its job. And also you are connected. You know, you are paying attention and connected yeah. to it. And that's what film should do. So yeah. I think that's, I think that's lovely. I'm going to, I haven't actually seen that film for a long time. Mm. So I might try and go yeah, and watch it over it, the weekend. Give it a watch, man. Cause yeah, it will, it will fill your cockles. So what was the, t- <laughs> you're really cocking me there. Um, where was, what was the question again? Uh, and from the tweeter. About, so it's Richie um, and he was just saying, maybe we should ask just what is your go-to film? Okay. Yeah, we could do it. I mean, actually, that would have been a good question for Larson, wouldn't it? But um, mm. yeah, um, okay, Richie, we'll do that with our future guests, and, and we'll, we'll we'll report back. We'll report back on yeah. on what they're saying. But that's not. But thank you for for getting involved and, and sending us a tweet. We appreciate that. Yeah, we always appreciate your correspondence. You can uh, you can send us messages on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and our yeah. handle is at blank. Oh, I wonder whether we should start a Mastodon as well, because, you know, everyone's fleeing Twitter. Oh, it, it, do you know what? Mastodon's come and gone. It's now Hive. Well, I've heard bad things about Hive, so... Oh, I've heard good things about Hive and bad yeah. things about Mastodon. Oh, what are we getting? Conflicting, getting conflicting oh. information. I can't be bothered. Can we just, like, wait until Twitter has officially died? Or or, or just carry on tweeting. It's going to be the same, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> it's going to be a while. And no one's going to... Oh, actually, people might. Maybe we need to grab the handles, actually. Blank yeah, handles. exactly. Well, I've we got three fakers on uh, Mastodon, so that was good You've got three fakers? Yeah, there's three other me's. And already? Yeah. What? <laughs> It's only been a thing for about five minutes. <laughs> showed, no, I, was thinking, I, I was talking to someone. So this is a bit of a segue <laughs> off the pod. But yeah, I was talking to someone about Mastodon. And he said, oh, I'll follow you. And then he said, I was in a cafe with him. And he, he called me over and said, which one's you? And there was three oh of them Oh, my there. God. So, um, so that was good. I follow you, but I think it's because you followed me. So I'm yeah, so that's the, right the official one. one. Yeah, it's not one of my, oh my, my doppelgangers. <laughs> You're officially famous if people are making doppelgangers of you. <laughs> mad. Uh, oh, no. oh, man. Okay, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get the blank pod links and then we'll... Yeah. Yeah. We might tweet from it's it. It's another thing we won't post on. <laughs> or receive I'll messages do, for anyone. Or receive any tweets of... I might do... I'll do a Hallmark thread. I'll do a Hallmark thread. I'd love to see a Hallmark thread. I, I'd be well into that. So, yeah, please do. And, um, yeah, so anyone listening now who likes Hallmark movies, pay, pay attention because Jim's rating them. And who doesn't? Who doesn't like a Hallmark movie? Me. That's, apart from you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> shall we wrap up? We should really. It's been going on for hours. It's been going on for hours. Although we got nice feedback about our um, sort of Q and A pod last week, didn't we? our chatty pod. So that, have, that was yes. nice. I think we'll try and do. We, I I forgot. I was going to tell you we should sort of call it checking in with Giles and Jim. Which actually, now I'm saying that out loud. Maybe it's a great. <laughs> part, like, I don't want to call it that. But, but checking in with Giles, with Giles and Jim. And Jim. <laughs> Jimmy and Giles, we're checking in <laughs> because, like, I thought it's just nice to check in with mates now and then. So, like, just that was like kind of like the idea of it. Like, oh, yeah, like, rather than the interviews, we're checking how you're doing, kind of thing. So, but maybe we'll do some more of those at some point. Love to. We, we won't call it checking in with Giles. <laughs> Actually, I don't quite like it. <laughs> yeah, like maybe it. we will call it that. But yeah. Anyway, so we'll try and do some more of those, maybe. I think if we're going to call it that, we need to do like slightly more cheeky um, pictures. 
Yeah. Yeah, with like thumbs up and like we yeah. 80s style yeah. like chat show kind of. Yeah. 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 Like Larry, All right. Larry Grayson and well, Bruce Forsyth. <laughs> nice to see you. <laughs> to see you. Check it in. <laughs> oh What's on the scores? Is... <laughs> Bobby, this is why we don't do evening pods because you and we've both gone a bit mad by the Got end of the silly, day. Yeah. I probably need to go and eat something really. Um, yeah. <laughs> Right, I've got a, I've got a weird cough as well. Yeah. Um, okay. Thank you, Larson, for coming on the pod. What a legend! And thank you to all our listeners, and, yeah. and thank you, Giles. It's been a it's been a really lovely pod, and we'll be back next week with another another blank pod. We will. See you then. Bye. Thank you.